Good morning and welcome to High Point Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. It's great to be with you, uh, worshiping online together. Thrilled to have you as we start a brand new series today called That's My Jam. So here's my question for you as we get straight into things today. What's your jam? Now, I may be dating myself with how I'm saying this right now, but I think anybody watching, you get a little bit of the drift of what I'm going for. What's your jam? What's your song that just takes you to another place? I went to a Braves game. Braves and the Cardinals were playing this past week, and Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer, they put it through the, the loudspeaker at the stadium, and I'm telling you, that place went <laughs> insane, right? Clearly, Living on a Prayer is somebody's jam, right? But what is your jam, right? What is, what is the song that you can just put on and it takes you back? Maybe it takes you back to high school, takes you back to uh, a family vacation, a road trip, friends, a car. We associate a jam oftentimes with, with memories and many times it's a song that you listen to over and over again and it just... It gets you. You feel a, a certain kind of way when it comes on. Uh, another way to think about this is if you've ever been to a wedding. And you may be, you may be dog tired. You may be walking out the door. But when your song comes on, what do you do? Oh, you head straight back to the dance floor, right? It's time, right? You can't fight your jam. When it comes on, it gets you. It draws you in, right? It's the roll the windows down, turn the, the, the music up and let this thing crank. It does something to you, right? And so I say this, what's your jam? And, and as we shift gears... I want you to think about the Bible in the same way for just a moment. Do you have any Bible jams, right? I realize that sounds cheesy. Just work with me on this for a minute. Are there texts in the Bible, right? Verses, stories, accounts that just, they do something to you and for you when you read them. Now, I'll go on a limb and say that many of you watching don't have that. You haven't experienced that. And a lot of that is due to the fact that in the busyness of our lives, we don't spend time reading the Bible in the same way that you hit repeat on that jam, right? And you grew up with it, or, or, or it's just a song that you just keep listening to. In the same way, many times we don't do that with the word, with the Bible, right? It's kind of a one and done thing for many of us. And today, as we start a brand new series, what I want to do is help you have some new jams, right? Spiritually speaking. In the same way that your song has a way of changing your mood, the scriptures have a way of changing your spirit. In the same way that a song has a way of changing your mood, the scriptures have a way of changing your spirit. As you get in the word, like you get into the presence of God. As you know the word, you know the Father. And so when we talk about growing at high point and becoming more like Jesus and we're praying for you and we want to see you become more like him and be hungry for him, well, it starts with the word. And hopefully by the end of our series, you've got a few new jams in your back pocket. Turn to Psalms chapter one. We're going to get into the very first Psalm today. 
And you may not know this, but the Psalms it literally is, is songs that are set to the harp. That's what the word Psalm means, music to the harp. And so all of these, these, these chapters in the book of Psalms, many times they were sung. They were songs. They were jams. And, and the Hebrew people would stand and sing them together. And, and that's what I'm going to do for you today. Actually, I'm not. That was a joke. <laughs> we're not going to sing Psalm chapter 1 together. But we're going to read it. And there are five different kinds of psalms. There's wisdom psalms, royalty psalms, laments, thanksgiving psalms, and praise psalms. And today, the jam that we are getting into in this moment is that of wisdom. Psalm chapter 1, let's read it together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf doesn't wither, and all that he does, he or she prospers. The wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the kind of wisdom here in Psalm chapter 1 that you want to build your life upon. This needs to become your jam. The writer here gives us two progressions, and there's a, lot, there's a lot we could unpack in this psalm. But understand this. We have the progression of sin taking place right before our eyes as we read it. We've got those who walk in the counsel of the wicked, those who stand in the way of sinners, and those who sit in the seat of scoffers. Walking, standing, and sitting. That pretty much constitutes like 99.9% .9 of your day. Some of you would add running to that, and we pity you, okay? All right? <laughs> we'll have a special time of ministry for you after this. All right? But walking, standing, and sitting. And then, so you have the progression of sin, right? All of these, you know, you're, you're walking, and there's a measure of engagement as you're walking, but there's, but there's a little bit of space. You know, there's a little bit of maybe even in, in, inquisition in that. You, you know, you're, you're not... You're not walking with them in partnership. You're walking and you're having an exchange. That's the purpose and the meaning of this kind of walking in this moment. In the same way that I was walking into the Braves stadium and there were people around me that I didn't really know, but yet we were walking together, right? There was a walking that took place. And then they're standing in the way of sinners. And, and standing is, is, the next, is the next level of engagement. You know, there's, there's walking. And then if you stop and you stand, right, there's actual interaction that's, that's now taking place. I'm walking and now I'm pausing and I'm standing. And then the next is that of sitting. And don't think lazy boy sitting as if just like, yeah, whatever. No, no, this implies a leaning in, a sitting and engagement that's taking place. This is the progression of sin that amounts to a life that perishes, the Bible says. The way of the wicked leads to perish. It leads to ruin. 
your life is like dust from a like a something that's harvested and you're you know you're 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 pulling the stalks off of it and the dust that flies into the air the chaff and the wind comes and it just blows it away that's what your life is like that's what my life is like and so we have the progression of sin and then you have the progression of the sinner you have the wicked the sinner and the scoffer and the, the, the wicked is someone who's honestly is ignorant of God's truth. They just don't know. And so you're, you know, there's a casual walking that takes place with, with somebody that doesn't really know. It does have influence on you. It has impact on you. And, and then they're standing in the way of sinners. And when the word refers to that, this is somebody who knows what's right but chooses what's wrong anyway. They know what's right, but they're making this decision anyhow and you stand with that person you accept what's happening in that person's life and you accept it now in your own and then there's the sitting with the scoffer and the scoffer is someone who also knows what's right but they intentionally reject what they know is right and they begin to actually speak words it's like a curse Right where they laugh, they mock those who would actually attempt to live for God, to live righteously. And all you have to do is get on social media for four seconds to see this progression at work. From walking to standing to sitting. From wicked to sinner to scoffer. And this is the trap that we find ourselves. And sin, this kind of sin, when it gets a hold of you, it will always lead to a ruinous end. Every single time. Your relationships, they they deteriorate when we live this way. When we live contrary to what God says. Your marriage, your children, your parenting, even things like your finances, your workplace, all the things. If you choose to build your life in such a way that is contrary to God's commands, you're going to experience a kind of ruin, a kind of perishing. One of the best examples is a show up to you if you want to watch it. It's got some content in it. Don't make no mistake about it. It's called Breaking Bad. Right. And, and without getting into all the details of it, you've got a teacher, right, who gets a diagnosis of lung cancer and is trying to build up money for his family because he thinks he's going to die. And so he begins to cook crystal meth. Right. What a show. Right. But the whole thing starts right with this progression. It starts with the progression that we see here in Psalm chapter one. Right? It's the one of accepting, then participating, and then engaging. And we see Walter White, he stands at a distance, or excuse me, he walks you know, at a distance, then he's standing, and then he's engaging. And then he just becomes, well, his life perishes, let's just put it that way. A, a perishing of sorts, a ruinous end. And we see the progression take place in this person's life on a TV show, and it's a great example of what happens on a grand scale, mind you. But even in the micro, this truth holds. 
Okay, so sin always leads to a ruinous end. It looks like it will get you what you want and take you where you want, but it always leads to ruin. Amy and I, uh, one time we were visiting family in Missouri and on the way back home here to Atlanta, we're looking at the GPS and we find ourselves with a shortcut on our hands. We're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do the shortcut. The GPS can never be wrong. And so we pursue the route and it's taking us through all these back roads. I mean, back roads, okay? And you know, things are getting a little spotty. I'm not gonna lie. I have the thought in my mind of, you know, maybe we should turn around and we just keep going. Sunsets, it's dark, and we get to a bridge, and thank goodness we're really paying attention because there were there was a sign, didn't give us a ton of time, but the bridge was out, right? There's literally no bridge connecting the road, right? And the GPS is telling us to go this way. Thank goodness right? We aren't Michael Scott from the office just plowing through, right? But, but in this moment, there was a barricade, you know, that, but we had to turn around and head the other direction. And this is the picture of what sin does in your life. It's like the bridge is out, right? There's no way forward. In fact, if you continue to persist, destruction is waiting for you. It promises one thing, it promises for you to get what you want, when you want, how you want, where you want, but it never delivers. The bridge is out and it leads to ruin. Thankfully, though, there's another way. There's another way to live your life, church. If you're watching on camera, this is the way, this is the way of the wise. This is how you build your life in such a way that you are blessed, the Bible says. And this word blessed, I'm not trying to offer you some watered down sermon, but it's as close as you're going to get in the Bible to the word happy as you can get. Blessed is the man or woman who does what? Who delights in the law of the Lord. Uh, this person meditates on it day and night. If you will do this, if you will delight in God's divine instruction, you will experience a kind of spiritual happiness that fills you from top to bottom. I want that. Don't you? Don't you want to delight in something? And, and, and I, I say this, the word delight, this is like a response. This doesn't even require work at this point. This just is you delighting, making a choice, right? In the same way, if somebody asks you like, hey, how was your, how was time, you know, your dinner with friends? And you say, it was delightful, right? That, that, that's our response to God and his word and his presence. That's what the writer here is getting at. Would you respond this way? How, how was your time with God delightful? Now, we don't actually use these words. We don't, we don't say that. And if you did, I might think you're a little off, right? Delightful. Yet, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a response of, of gratitude. It's a response of thanksgiving. It's a response that just naturally kind of bubbles up out of you. I had a good time. It was wonderful. It was pleasing to my spirit. And so when we delight in God's law, we find it pleasing to be instructed on how to live our lives. Some people 
hate any kind of adjustment. They reject it. And that puts you on one of two paths. Guess which one? The path of the scoffer, the sinner, the wicked. But those who delight in God's law, they find it pleasing for God's spirit and the the word of God to instruct them and to shape them and to make them into something different and to make them into something new. This person, here's the picture that you get, is like a tree planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf doesn't wither. Your leaf never withers. And all that he does, he prospers. Some of you know, you come to my backyard and you're like, this leaf never withers either, right? It feels like things never stop growing, right, in my backyard. But you know what this is like also. If you have a yard of any kind, especially in the Georgia summer, you cut it and the next day you're you're thinking to yourself, i got to cut this again, right? It just doesn't stop growing, right? And in in your yard, it frustrates you. Spiritually speaking, it's one of the greatest blessings. It doesn't stop. The leaves of your life, they never wither. It doesn't matter how hot it is. It doesn't matter how cold it is. It doesn't matter what the outside circumstances are. You're like a tree that has been planted by streams of living water. That makes the tree big and tall and strong. And it makes those roots go down really deep. Nothing's shaking you. Nothing's moving you. That's what it looks like to take delight in God's law, in God's divine instruction. So there are three things that you get, and I'm sure even more, but what we're going to call, when you delight in God's instruction, you have strength, you have fruitfulness, and you have a non-anxious presence. Think about a tree that has just been there, growing, strong, rooted, Soaring into the sky. There's something about it that just says confidence, strength, stability, a non-anxious presence. I love that description. See, it, when, when, you're, when you're in sin, you're stuck. And when you're, when you're growing in, in, in delighting in God's instruction, you can be still. Both of them appear to not be moving in this moment. But there is a huge difference, a big difference between being still and being stuck. One is anxious and frenetic and looking for something to fill a void in the heart. And the other is confident and strong and stable, rooted in who God calls them to be. And this is the way of wise living. This is how we build our life. This needs to become your jam, if it hasn't already. There's a difference between being still and being stuck. Be still in the confidence and strength and fruitfulness that comes from you having a life rooted in Jesus. Amen? Now, throughout the scriptures, 
we see God, just like in Psalm 1, we've got a picture of, of this path and this path. Righteousness, unrighteousness, right? Righteousness, wickedness, if you want to call it that. We see choices being given to God's people or just people in general. Jesus describes it as the wide path versus the narrow path. In the garden, you've got the tree of life, the fruit, life and death. Right, wrong, righteousness, wickedness, narrow path, wide path. You get the idea. We're given a fork in the road and we get to choose which way we want to go. And it's one thing for me to to unpack Psalm chapter 1. It's one thing for you to memorize it and know it. And by the way, I encourage you to. In the same way that God's people, the Hebrew people, this was a memorized portion of Scripture for them. They would have known it backwards and forwards. Blessed is the man who takes delight in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted by streams of living water. His leaves, they never wither, and whatever he does prospers. And you would repeat it, and you'd say it, and you'd know it until it gets down deep. And when you're finding yourself up against a wall and at a point of of indecision or difficulty, this word comes up out of you. That's what it means to meditate on it day and night, to take delight in his word pleasing to me for you to adjust my path to make me new. But the reality is this. As much as I love to read this and as much as I want it to become your jam, which make it your jam, crank up the volume on this, you're going to find yourself like me not wanting to delight in God's instruction. You know how many times the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of Jesus comes knocking on the door of my heart and instead of opening it and sitting with the righteous one, I want to lock the door. I want to keep the door shut. I don't want God messing with my life or my desires. Sometimes I'm mad and I want to be mad. Sometimes I'm bitter. And rather than wanting to be free, I want to sit in it, right? I want to, I want to sit. I want to lean in. I want to feel. I want the Hulk moment, right? Where it's like, yes, you know, I want to turn into the monster and, you know, just kind of destroy things. We all have that tendency, Even if you've put your faith in Jesus, while there is an inclination that happens, a shift that takes place in your heart of desiring to know him and be like him, there are still so many times and so many moments where that just simply isn't the case. And you don't feel strong like a tree planted by rivers of living water. You don't feel fruitful. You don't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in abundance in your life. And you certainly don't feel uh, confident. You don't have the, you, you, you feel worrisome. You feel anxious. Confidence of Jesus isn't at work in your life. All of these things can be true. And so we have this tension at work. The Bible says this, and yet at times I'm still experiencing this. 
And what we see in this moment is both a picture of the kingdom and also the not yet kingdom. Meaning there are things that you have yet to still fully realize and fully experience. And thank goodness that the gospel is about someone The message of God sending his son is about somebody who actually does this and does it perfectly. In the same way that I may have some moments, right, where I do some things right, but I'm still filled with with decisions and thoughts that I wouldn't want anybody to know about. And yet we see Jesus stepping into the scene in the New Testament. And he fulfills God's perfect divine law, the divine instruction. He does what you and I are completely incapable of doing. Even after putting faith in Jesus and identifying with his death, burial, and resurrection, how many of you know you still blow it and you still make mistakes and you still have things that you're not happy about or pleased by? And the fruit of the Spirit isn't always at work in your life. We know this. And that's why Jesus, the one who did and does what you and I were fully incapable of doing, how and what is he described as? In John chapter 15, John 15, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you can abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What does this sound like? It sounds like the sequel, right, to Psalm chapter 1, doesn't it? 2.0. What is the tree? Right? We we look at the picture of the tree in in, in Psalm chapter 1 and we aspire to be that, but we can't actually fully be realized as that. But Jesus says, I'm the tree. I am the true vine. In fact, would you do this? Would you abide in me? And if you will abide in me, then that's how you'll become fruitful. That's how you'll truly become strong. What is it that the Bible teaches us? When you're weak, he is strong. And so we abide in the one who is able to do what we are not fully capable of doing ourselves. Jesus in the New Testament talks about being grafted in to the vine. Twisted in, blended in. We had some fireworks at the 4th of July. You know, the the little, uh, they have these little wicks. And the rain started coming. We were trying to speed it up. And so I took multiple, you know, rockets and multiple fire works and I took the wicks and I twisted them together and the wick was in this moment kind of inseparable you didn't know which one belonged to which and you just lit the fire and you let that thing go and it was a good time (laughs) children check with your parents before lighting fireworks that being said 
when we talk about abiding in the vine and being grafted in to Jesus, what we're talking about is your life being surrendered to him and he draws you in and literally like a tree, right, that, that's, that's pulling all the other things into it. You become a branch, Jesus says, literally in John 15. You become a branch on the tree connected to him. You're fully connected. Yes, you're you, but yet you're also fully connected, fully twisted in, fully wrapped into the purpose and the presence and the power of Jesus. And so now what you are incapable of doing by the power of the Spirit and by virtue of being connected to the one who can do what you cannot do, he is able to give you power and able to give you strength and able to give you fruitfulness and able to give you a non-anxious presence. You can be, by the power of the Spirit, like a tree planted by rivers of living water. And that everything you do begins to prosper as you d delight in his perfect law and his instruction and you meditate on it day and night. Your leaves won't wither because you're abiding in the one true tree, the true vine, Jesus Christ. The perfect one, the son of the living God who came lived a perfect life, and died for your sins. And because he was perfect, he rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death. And he offers that victory to those who would delight in him, who would trust in him, and put their faith in him. Ladies and gentlemen, that is my jam. And I pray it becomes yours as well. Psalm 2, I leave you with this. The next psalm, the very last line, Psalm chapter 2 is, Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. In other words, when we talk about delighting in the law and meditating on it day and night, Yes, we get into the word, and yes, we get into the scriptures. But at the end of the day, what that blessing really looks like is putting your trust in him. Choosing his way and trusting it over yours. Which path do you want to take today? You've got a choice in front of you. Which one do you want to make? Father, in this moment, we pray. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the wisdom from on high. The wisdom that only comes from you, that comes from your word on how to live our lives and build our lives in Jesus. We want to build our lives on you, the rock, and yes, the tree, the vine. We want to abide in you today, Lord. Help us to make the right choice. Help us to, to trust in you. Help us when we're weak. Help us when we feel incapable. Help us when it feels impossible. Draw us into relationship with you.
If you're watching this right now, wherever you're watching from, and you know you're at a crossroads, maybe it's a specific thing in your life, or maybe you just never actually put your trust in Jesus. Well, today's your day. This is your moment. I believe God's brought you to this place, to this crossroads. And here's what I want to invite you to do. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, and today I choose your path, the narrow path. I'm getting off of the the train, the direction that I was going, and I'm choosing you today. Help me to live right. Give me the strength. Help my life to be fruitful. Help me to be rooted in you, to abide in you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. And if there's an area in your life you just know, I need to repent of this, I need to turn from it, then give that to him right now. Say, Jesus, forgive me for this area of my life that I know hasn't honored you. I don't want my life to be like dust that just blows away in the wind. I want to be rooted in you, God. I give this area to you, and I'm asking that you give me strength. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Psalm chapter 1, wisdom. That's your jam. I'll see you next time.